0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of It's No Time Cop. This week we'll be reviewing Kevin Smith's latest film, Red State. So let's go. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, Gabriel Mara, my co-host. How are you doing tonight? Or today? I am, morning, I am, I am just
1: peachy dandy bath after bath. a wonderful romantic night of my ex-girlfriend.
2: <laughs> Mark, on to you. I spend the night alone. <laughs> um,
0: I envy you. I
2: couldn't get to sleep. Um, it was very lonely.
0: Okay. Sorry, and uh, this is Cody Robinson. I'm uh, working on about... A cumulative eight hours of sleep in the last three days. Uh, the show is going well that I'm in. The love letter you've been meaning to write New York that I'm currently in. He is dazzling. Now, yes. I
2: haven't seen the show, but I'm going to give it a positive review because I'm biased. <laughs> that's, that's what we like to hear. When is it playing, by the way? Since uh, it's currently it. right...
0: Uh, well, tonight, no one will be hearing this, but it plays uh, Wednesdays and Thursdays at 8 o'clock. It plays on uh, Fridays and Saturdays, seven and nine, and then it plays on Sundays at five o'clock. Tickets are fifteen dollars. The location is eighty Greenwich Street. Um, so yeah. Okay. Guys, uh, I guess it's time to just kick it off with a uh, little movie news, Trailer Park, if you will. Yeah. Let's, let's let's start with let's start with movie news first today, and then we'll go into what we okay. been watching. So. Okay. A Little Trailer Park. Gabe, kick us off. Well, some movie news here. Um, I have little two
1: bits here. For once, you're welcome. (laughs) Um, I've heard that Kick-Ass 2 may not feature Matthew Vaughn as director anymore if it's going to happen whatsoever. Gasp. Yeah, I really didn't see that coming at all, you know. I just, no shock. I mean, were you guys a big fan of Kick-Ass? I really loved the book, and then I saw the movie, and I enjoyed it, but I never really bothered to watch it again.
0: I, yeah, I feel the same, Mark.
2: Um, I didn't really like the book, but then I saw the movie and I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. and I, uh, but I never really bothered to watch it
0: again. Yeah, I, I think for me... I try I... to
2: really go verbatim, because... I, uh, that was exactly how I felt about <laughs> it and I, I was very surprised to see the audience just like go nuts yeah people over it. loved it he, was,
0: well either they loved it or very meh
2: yeah I was really surprised because I felt like it had a mucked up moral message and I don't mean well, fucked agreed. up I mean mucked up as in it was confused yeah. about what it was trying to say exactly and Mark Miller's you know original which has a sufficiently different yeah ending.
0: but Mark Miller yeah. I, I take certain issue with him because he's the type of guy who's just like oh I just said something fucked up Deal with it. You know, like, he's just like, when he did his run on the Ultimates, he's just like, oh, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, who are brother and sister, Magneto's kids, oh, they love to get down with each other. Awesome. And Wolverine's going to watch. What? what? Yes. <laughs> yes, this happened. This no, happened this in really comic happened. book land.
2: Poor Wolverine.
0: And, you know, <laughs> at the end of. Spoilers for the end of Kick Ass the comic book, it, it ends a lot darker, where it's oh, yeah. so much darker. Where it's you so find much out, better, like, the, the girl doesn't go, like, rejects him. And then there's one point where he's, you know, jerking off to a picture of her blowing her new black boyfriend.
2: No. Yeah. yeah really? Yes. That's I how the book is. Yes. I don't remember that it's at all. It's right.
0: It's like a panel. Yeah, oh it's God. just great. He just. He comes up with these great concepts, but they're they're getting too obviously like I just want to write a movie, but I don't really want to put work into a script. I want I want double income. He wants the the weekly release or monthly release issue, and then he wants the, his movie check. And I don't know. I Grant Morrison, uh, who's also a comic book writer, um, which we brought him up in the past. He actually was a semi mentor to Miller. And oh, yeah. he, I don't know that. There was some kerfuffle recently about uh, Grant Morrison just went off on him for being for basically just being a sellout. But it's one thing to sell it, but to continually, you know, I mean, he he did uh, wanted uh, wanted and in wanted. He drew the characters after actors purely to court film like makers. He, yeah. he didn't well, choose could, the look it of it the works, characters. Although
2: wanted the film is completely different from one hundred percent. Thank different.
0: God, wanted the book is.
2: It would have been. A I bad I love movie, Wanted the book, to be honest. Oh, it was such I'm a big a mess fan to me. I enjoyed no, it a me. lot. I, uh, I, I again the moral message just I don't there is no moral message. No, it's lost on me.
1: I enjoy Mark Miller continually fucking me in the face of his books. I really don't mind. I find yeah, it that's amusing. That's your thing. That's my thing. I, <laughs> See, I but I feel like
0: it's not even like he he's literally just being like, oh fuck you in the face. What you gonna do? Oh oh, is that crazy? I'm amused by it. And every time they adapt it into a movie or
1: something, I feel like people are copping out. I'm like, you might as well have stuck with the, well, I just screwed you.
0: Sorry. (laughs) I don't know. I guess for me, like, there's guys like Garth Ennis. Garth oh, Ennis yeah. does messed up stuff, but it always feels like a, there's a point to it. Who's Garth, Garth Ennis? Ennis uh, Did you do Arkham Asylum? No, oh, no, that was Grant Morrison. Morrison. Oh, well, good. Uh, Garth I Ennis is really, uh, really infamous for Preacher. The Boys. Oh, okay. Uh, and The Boys, which is his recent, most
2: recent one, which is my Dad's favorite. That's being adapted, isn't it? So uh, it's Adam McKay, sure for that matter.
0: Uh, Preacher's been on the back burner right. for yeah, 10 years. Adam like HBO
2: Boys. I remember that. Yeah, like yeah, promoting him like the choice. other guys is
1: kind of like, it was like a dress rehearsal for him on it for doing something big and action.
2: I really didn't like the other guys. So <laughs> I hope he does better with The Boys. But, uh,
0: <coughs> excuse me. Back at the, obviously the story at hand. Kick-Ass 2. I mean, I'd watch it. I'm not saying, you know, like, yeah. my issue with the first one was, is that two-thirds of that movie is consistent at least more yeah, ambiguous absolutely. sure third act, but that third act it just, just wallows
2: in the very thing that it kind of was mocking yeah.
0: yeah um uh there's a much better version of that movie and it's called super by James Gunn so. oh I'm really pumped to see that
2: I haven't seen it yet uh, I just saw the yeah it's the, it, the weird it is
0: the real version it is what scene kick ass Alan
2: Page yeah that was weird oh okay it,
0: it, it is what but it is what sorry spoilers um, man <laughs> It is what Kick-Ass wanted to be. Well, at least you said the rapey thing this time. Not <laughs>
2: That's true. That's a It's a really weird scene, but it actually got me more interested to see the movie. And it's Helen uh, Page doing the mm. abuse. Oh, cool. Yeah. Which was odd. More oh.
0: interested now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, would you guys sign up for Kick-Ass 2? I,
2: Absolutely. Less, I would. Yeah. I mean, like
0: if, if if you were to be like, hey, man, want to see Kick-Ass 2? I'd be like,
1: oh, totally. Let's go. I, I will shell out thirteen fifty for a Friday night to see Kick-Ass 2. Yeah,
2: yeah, okay.
0: Sure. For me, I don't right. I don't, I don't be think I it's a fun could, night out, Why uh, not? Short of an amazing trailer, oh, it yeah. would matinee. You know, that would be a matinee for me. Um Okay. Uh let's do a little jump around. Mark, you've got something.
2: Uh yeah. Um Casey Affleck will be playing Gabriel, the avenging six winged badass. Like me. Angel. Yeah, that's right. Show me your wings, Gabe.
1: <laughs> oh, you don't want to see my wings.
2: Um, In Paradise Lost, which will be directed by uh, Alex Proyas, mm-hmm. who's uh, the geeks among us now for Dark City, mm-hmm. iRobot, oh, yes. and <clears throat> Knowing with Nicholas.
0: Knowing. Hooray. Right. Um, Mildly underrated. Yes, and The Crow. Let's not forget The Crow. Oh, and The Crow, oh, oh, of course. The Crow? Yep, that was yeah. his first um, foray.
2: So uh, this is an adaptation of, obviously, Paradise Lost the epic poem? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. By Help me Milton cuz I Milton, Milton thank
2: it. you. Um and I have no idea how they plan to visually it must be really intense. Um, but so. what's interesting to me is that uh, Lucifer is going to be played by Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Ooh, I like that. And yeah. It's a it could be a real breakout role for him that takes his career in a different direction because he might be he has the potential to be one of those actors to really uh do something drastically different.
1: You mean Case Joe... Thirty Seven didn't do that for him? No, you
2: know. <laughs>
0: oh
1: man,
2: but look it up on IMDb, by the way. Yeah. Case Thirty Seven. Renee Zellweger. Or uh, what's that terrifying Sandra Bullock movie where she wears rain Oh my and... God!
0: Uh, All about Steve. Yeah. Oh God. If You ever want to hear a great review of All About Steve? <laughs> you need to listen to another podcast called How Did or Why Did This Get Made? Or is it Why or How?
2: It's I think how how did this get made? Yeah. Yeah. How did this? How get
0: did made? this get made? Just. That's a podcast. If you ever want to hear a great review of all about Steve, that's the one to look for. But no, with this film, have they have they determined the setting? Is it going to be like I, an Immortals type film? I I, I don't think we've really got any detail. I don't on think that. Paradise Lost is at all. I mean, it's it's
1: a very like meditative, long form thing about yeah. You it's know?
2: not exactly rooted in any kind of. I mean, like it's st- a story of Gabriel. I mean, I'm sorry, it's a story of Lucifer's being cast down from heaven. Yeah, which is you know. It's really up to Proyas and his team to try to represent. Yeah, because have they
0: said it's a full out adaptation, or is it the adaptation? adaptation? adaptation. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, whatever. I, I don't talk good. Adaption. <laughs> but, uh, adaption, <laughs> adaptation. But adaptation. Adaptation. Have they
2: said? If not it, that I know but I know that the process for it mm-hmm. uh, will be about seventy two months altogether. Seventy oh, two? Yeah. Pre so. production. So yeah.
0: Man. Wow. And post.
2: And post. So it'll be probably 72 be in...
0: months or weeks?
2: I'm sorry. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <months>. I'm pretty <laughs> sure. Am I
0: 72 months in?
2: <laughs> no, I'm, that's crazy. I apologize. I was just like, that's going to be it's out in seven likely years. Post <laughs> is going to be 72 <laughs> <laughs> weeks, I think. And it's yeah. going to be out oh, in uh, 2013.
1: Okay. okay. Oh, okay. like, right, 72 yeah. months. I'm Holy sorry, crap.
2: It's
1: like Avatar.
2: Sense. Shit is just falling <laughs> down. Yeah,
1: I'm sorry. We're really,
0: we're getting really violent in here about Paradise Lost. I mean, he had films like Knowing, which, you know, came out in that era when, you know, Nicolas Cage was making just batshit insane decisions. Yeah. Which I believe it would have been a better, I don't know, well-regarded film had it not come out then,
2: but.
0: Rose Byrne's in it. I mean, gotta love
2: Rose Byrne. Rose Byrne. I can watch all day.
1: Yeah, really. I would watch her eating breakfast.
2: (laughs) I could see that. It'd be really nice.
0: Yeah, and she would do it lovely and very Englishy. Oh yeah. Even
2: though she's Australian. Is she
0: Australian? Yeah.
2: Uh oh. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I, uh, well, so if someone's what... listening, make a movie called Rose Burning <laughs> a <laughs> short film. Um,
1: Get like simingly. There's to some definitely
2: it. some sites that would definitely love to host it. Exactly. Movie hotties over at Joe Blow. <laughs> oh yeah. They take it any on that. day of
0: the week. Um, I guess now onto my movie news. Uh this week it was announced that um the Lone Ranger is back on track at Disney. Hey, uh, after a short uh, kind of hiatus from, <laughs> from Disney, and the Lone Ranger
2: kind of feel feel each other out and understand yeah. whether this relationship was worth pursuing. Exactly,
0: it was. Yeah. Um, it 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 got awkward. It got weird. It got weird. You know. But I mean, there I, were
2: missed calls late at night. Exactly. It was drunk drunk, in drunk in text rain. drunk texting between. Company has Breaking iPods Even though Lone Ranger isn't I'll just stop
0: Yeah well (laughs) I mean What it really came down to Was is uh, If you want to keep In a relationship, turns It's like a girl you meet She seems cute Seems fun Seems like she can give you A little something back Seems like a You know Seems like it's something That really goes somewhere And then uh, She comes up to you one night And says Can I have 280 million dollars And you say Fuck no No Why do you need 280 million dollars To make a cowboy movie and But that, my train, sweetie, my train scene. And that therein lies the issue. Is Gore Verbinski, uh is the director on the film, at, and it stars Johnny Depp as Tonto and Army Hammer, Social Network, as uh, the Lone Ranger. So really, it—I don't know. It makes I can see why they want to crunch the numbers in that fashion, the uh, the production, because Johnny Depp still had. One of the top-grossing films of the summer, you know Gore Verbinski. He's had The Ring, three pirates films, Rango, Rango, which Weather did which Man, did well which enough. Weatherman went, yeah. But so he has. We're dealing with guys with half decent track records for you know either when they when they go big, they usually go home with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but Disney has a new. Well, what had happened is part of the story is too is that one of Disney's heads of development left and a new guy came in Oh. and he's just like, this makes no sense. The guy who was there during the pirates era mm-hmm. is gone now. And so this guy is in there just being like, why do we need to spend $280 million on a
2: cowboy movie? Frank, frankly speaking, maybe you do need like sort of a clear head because mm-hmm. Westerns outside of say unforgiven. Yeah. Oh yeah. 20 years ago, almost 20 yeah. years ago. I can't think of a single Western. that was really this made
0: money. Three ten,
2: yes, yes, it did. Oh, Three ten to bloody. Yuma
0: did well enough, it, but yes, it, we're it not talking. when it wasn't a two hundred yeah. million dollar hit. And after, and a big part of the reason too for pulling the plug was the absolute failure. I mean, not absolute failure, but it's a but considerable, it the is lukewarm considerable. failure
2: of Cowboys and Aliens. Yep, like, and that had stars,
0: and that had Harrison Christ, Ford, and, and, and Indiana and Jones, Craig, was like and Garen, James Bond.
2: Like, yeah, that's that's a yeah, and, and Olivia just Olivia Wild. Wilde. And, no, and Olivia
0: Wilde just being
2: Sam nice. Rockwell, Paul Dano. Oh, yeah. Versa so Rockwell's it should have really gotten some people to at least see it, but the <laughs> trailers, the advertising so... You looks know who so... I blame?
0: You know who I blame? Fucking kid from uh, the Airbender movie. Noah Ringer? Is he in that? He plays the... How did he you get see a it?
2: cast in the movie again? Did you guys see that movie? <laughs> no. He plays no, like I... the
0: little boy. It, it's... Oh, my God. Oh, I saw a screening. It was... I, I wanted to like the movie so much. I... I had a gun to my own head trying to like that movie and I just
2: couldn't. <laughs> During the entirety of the screen, he was the only one in the theater. <laughs> Holding a...
0: Well, gotta, no, no, no. You it started out... Then your
2: would get tired. It started out it with full for force. Bit. No,
0: no. There was everybody in the theater but then they're like, oh, guys got a gun. Go, everyone ran. I was like,
1: it was like in the beginning of like Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Like Michael, like by Mel Gibson by the... And like was like, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. Um. God was it, <laughs> <an> Aliens.
0: <laughs> but uh, I, was, I was fairly disappointed in that film and... I understand them being afraid. Oh, fair enough. It's, to push it's not it in there. viable and, anymore. And really. then they're talking about like a nearly like $100 million train scene or whatever. And I on, hope
2: not. On top of... If you want to do a $100 million train scene, you better have Transformers. <laughs> <inside> <laughs> them.
0: Exactly. And then on top of that... They're werewolves and yeah, ghosts, Native American, Native spirits. American spirits. No, real. Is this is this? There's in the so original much room to offend. Well, in I this mean movie. the original Lone Ranger was about this guy who Well, you gotta understand too, the Lone Ranger is the great grandfather of the Green Hornet. Of the Green Hornet. Or great greater. Yeah, yeah something. it works. Out. Yeah, it always happens. There, like there's that. a descendant. Um So what happened to him was is he basically he was like this. Bruce Wayne type more or less. Yeah. Um, but just kinda like a nice guy, and he ends up getting basically like uh I don't know, like some outlaws take him out and they basically leave him to die, and he meets this this uh Native American named Tonto, who becomes his like chemosabi. His Kemosabi and helps him out, and then he uh he he owns a silver mine, so oh. he uses silver bullets.
2: Like his, all
0: of his bullets are made the out of sounds silver. Sounds okay. So
2: Boring. <laughs> <laughs> there's
0: there's I really interesting I was, ways. It was a to gentler time, Mark. It was yeah. a gentler time. Um I I mean my grandfather was a big cowboy, like and like Indians movie type fan. So mm-hmm. I mean I, I grew up on some of it, you know. That's where the infamous High Ho Silver Away comes from, which My name is Horse Silver too. Exactly. He just loves silver. Fair enough. And domino masks. <laughs> I mean, there's a fetish there. But uh <laughs> well, I know. I know. Um I don't know. I guess I and I'm excited for the film. I really like Army Hammer. He he. I don't know. He just re- he's just got a great impression. Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, make quite an impression. And he's very easy on the eyes. Well. Everybody I'm wants sorry, to. I'm gonna yeah. go. We're gonna go
0: homoerotic. Yeah. yeah. Army Hammer.
2: God, he's cute. Needs to do a movie with Ron Gosling. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> just oh my staring God. at each other intensely for three hours. I've been trying to find if a way to make
2: listening. a new <laughs> company. The same dude want that him. wants to make the Rose eating Breakfast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, please, please, sir. Sir. We'll make it part of the It's No Time Cop film series. Oh, so, yeah. that will be beautiful. So, I don't know. I, I really wanted to see it. I mean, I'm not a huge Johnny Depp fan. I have not um, been a fan of Johnny Depp since... Charlie Sleepy and the Chocolate uh, Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow I like, but Ed Wood is my favorite movie. Oh, yeah, he's amazing in that. Um, but, yeah, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, he was
2: passable. Um... Ooh, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney Todd, really? I like, that. I like that. I, He was good in it, but, like... I just didn't I didn't uh, like the performance. He obviously couldn't
0: sing. I don't I guess mm. my issue is is you make a musical with an actor who can't sing. Yeah. No, I I like, the movie. The, I like the movie.
2: I didn't like the movie at all,
0: actually. I, I liked it. It just came off a bit too hot topic. Well, we've had this discussion before yeah, too. Timber hot did. topic. And and yeah. I'm just gonna briefly touch on the photo of Dark Shadows coming out this week with Johnny Depp. It's a, a cast photo. It's a I, great
2: cast. Can I, we at least a agree great to that? it's a great
0: cast, I'll give you that, but who else is in it besides Helena Bottom Carter and him?
2: Uh Chloe Morris. Chloe oh, yeah. Okay. Uh love
0: Jackie Earl Haley. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love that guy.
2: Um He's playing Rorschach. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, he's playing Groundskeeper Willie. Yeah, yeah, Oh yeah? With, like that's, that's awesome. the name of a character. Nice. Um I can't try to. Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp again. Yeah. Looking like a Michael Jackson impersonator. Again. He looks dumb as hell in this movie.
2: I don't know. I kinda like dumb the movie. Dumb as hell. It's nice, it looks I, it's I'm a weird little like.
0: I mean, I'll give it. I like that they're setting it in the seventies. They're making oh, a period cool. film, uh, so that uh aesthetic can be held up, like from the old show, an old show that no one cares about. Yeah, I know. I don't Except know. Tim Burton about it. and Johnny Depp. Yeah, exactly.
1: I, I wikied it like today, and I'm like, oh, oh, well, actually, this one's kind of cool. It's a gothic soap opera. That's, that's kind
0: of cool. Basically, what it was, but I, I just, I don't know. I don't. Tim Burton. Wow me. Please, please. If After can, Alice in Wonderland, if you
2: better. If you can make yeah, come me on,
0: wrong, if you can make me wrong, I'm I'm fine. I just want to believe again. I would rather be happy than right any day. All right. So, uh, Gabe, kick it back to you for your second one. Oh, my last bit of movie news here is that um, apparently
1: um, Elton John is producing, I think he's just producing, I don't know if he has any other hand in it, um, an autobiographical film, which is going to have magical, fantastic elements in it, And, um, I think it's gonna kind of turn out kind of like if I don't know if anybody else heard of it. I'm sure somebody has. Um, Gainsbourg, a heroic life, where it recently came out as a Serge Gainsbourg film about him, and is like apparently they just really romanticize and fantasize a lot about his life. I mean, the movie's called Rocket Man. I mean, I mean it's going to be ridiculous. I it's imagine... about an
2: incredibly cool guy who dresses in very flamboyant outfits, and then you find out he's gay.
0: The
1: gayest film
2: ever it Really, It
1: sounds like, you know, a really it's, it's... gay across the universe, from what I can tell. Strangely Ooh, enough, I certainly it, hope it's not. it'll be like a
0: gayer Fosse. fossy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I I, I honestly have no little to no interest in seeing this unless I hear a a cast writers. Robin Williams is going to
2: play Elton John.
0: I would watch that. I would watch that. And a young Justin
2: Timberlake will play. I would would watch
0: watch that. I would love that. (laughs) I enjoy. I actually I uh, hearing about this movie. I actually am game. I am a big fan of uh, reinterpreting songs into like musical. I don't know.
2: Is that what it's going to be?
0: I think so. Or is it going to be
2: a straight up biopic?
0: It's gonna be That both. starts
2: like uh, Billy Elliot and ends with. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> but, you know, like, but I feel like, you know, certain movies get it right. Moulin Rouge got it totally mm-hmm. right. Across yeah. the Universe yep. was an abomination, in my opinion. I hate...
2: There are two sequences uh... in that movie that I'm a big fan of.
0: Mr. Kite and what else?
2: Well, no, actually. Oh, you know i like it's, Mr. Uh, Kite? I like uh, Happiness is a Warm Gun. Oh. Okay. And uh, I think the best sequence in the movie is I Want You, She's So Heavy. Oh, okay, I think that actually reinterprets the song in a way that I like. Uh-huh. very obvious on the nose, but like yeah, I, I like the sequence way too heavy
0: um, <laughs> i I don't know i I don't know i I would I would I would watch this movie I would I actually would I'm mildly
2: excited to see it
0: I, I need to I need to know who is gonna be more behind this like if I'm who directed,
1: I'm not there maybe it's... oh
2: Todd, Todd Todd, Todd Hayes. Todd
1: Hayes? Todd Hayes? No. Todd,
2: yeah, I, don't... I think Todd Hayes. This Todd... is why... <laughs> yeah. You <laughs> should know these things better. Yes. but
1: Yeah. No, um, i want a good writer. i a good, a I want a good director times. behind it. I mean, you could take a... I just need that. Those two things to make me want to believe it. And then a trailer. I'm, okay. I'm interested. I'm certainly interested, but I want some solid evidence. Kind of like religion.
2: Fair enough. The new film from well... Bowie Ball. <laughs> oh,
0: God. Rocket Man. <laughs> I mean, Actually, I'd watch that. I'm a Catholic, so I have faith. I have faith in Elton John. All I, right, but uh, I hope it ends with him kissing Eminem that's all I want
2: <laughs> that would be awesome actually that would be a good ending if Eminem played
1: Elton John oh my god <laughs> let's make us happen make guys. it happen fan
0: that, petition fan <laughs> petition Dr.
2: Dre could play Eminem <laughs> 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 and they're
0: like, we knew it we knew it uh,
2: alright Um, let's wrap this up because we uh, we're really going
0: exactly well no um, I got
2: one last bit of news right, the last bit wanna. no go ahead yeah. So Brad Pitt is being thought out for a movie called All You Need Is Kill, Mm -hmm. which has a great title and a great premise. It's based on a book by a Japanese sci-fi author, and it's about... It's very Japanese. Don't don't interrupt (laughs) me with how Japanese it is. It's about a guy fighting aliens (gasps) in an alien war on Earth who dies and realizes that he's being reincarnated to live his day of battle over and over again. And over time, he becomes a really good soldier. But he keeps dying, and he keeps trying to find a way out of this.
1: That's pretty cool. So yes, it's like, it is pretty
2: cool. It's like, like a Groundhog a
0: Day a little bit.
2: Groundhog Day with, with guns, giant guns with robots, and aliens. aliens and women with impossibly large breasts. <laughs> Japan! <laughs> um, but no, I mean, it's a, it's a Japanese novel. It's being adapted into an American film. I mean, yeah. the script's out there. If you look for it, it's not hard to find online. Yeah. Um, it's a promising premise, and Brad Pitt, you know, right now can do no wrong.
1: Yeah. So he's, had he's a really, really
2: being... Uh, yeah,
1: I want to see Moneyball. I did not think I'd want to see
2: Moneyball. The Moneyball just leaves itself open to a porn uh, But yeah,
0: that's
2: that's it. I just think no real news other than that, but him being attached would probably mean his production company might have a hand in it. Plan B? Plan B,
0: yeah.
2: If his production company has a hand in it, you know, who knows where that'll go. Gotcha.
0: Game. And uh, my final last bit is uh, talking about the J Edgar trailer. Have you oh, guys yeah. both
1: seen I've it? I've seen yeah, it twice. You've seen it twice. I was talking to Mark on Facebook when I was watching it. Okay, what what do
0: you guys think? Because I I it actually looks, like.
2: If There is such a I, thing as a Because I was a Eastern huge fan,
0: film. I was a huge fan of Aviator, so wow. I like seeing uh, DiCaprio, DiCaprio take these historical oh, yeah. figures. Yeah, I do. I thought about it. He just. I like I like his hit when he does that stuff.
2: I think the trailer feels like somebody watched Clint Eastwood's like output for the last decade and was like, <laughs> I'm going to make a really expensive looking parody trailer. <laughs> <laughs> like everything from the from the look of it to the music to the old man like makeup. everything about it feels like a Clint Eastwood film. Like if mm-hmm. it was Steven Spielberg, yeah. you'd have like soaring strength score mm-hmm. and like Jay Edgar would be crying in his mother's grave <laughs> so it's like America and then a flag would be flying. But here it's so I don't know what to make of it. I think it's gonna be really uh cut and dry. It's kind actually. of it looks
1: cleanly understated I don't know if it is. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, might be boring as cleanly
0: understated. And it but
2: seems to kind of have some complex themes. Exactly. Well, and, it in a and Robert once. F Kennedy makeup is good. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: Oh great. yeah, uh that actor, he he looked he looked amazing as,
2: as And Naomi Watts looks great as a it's like a, and, a woman uh,
0: As a woman, (laughs) but no, J Edgar Hoover, and then, and then of course, like the scene that everybody's talking about is when J Edgar Hoover asks Army Hammer's character, who we were talking about earlier ask him to be his Numbers. number 2 <laughs> and army hammer gives him the, the most doe-eyed brightest, beautiful
1: happiest little smile sweetest little well, considering
2: like, later in the trailer it's a scene where he like goes you're, you're a
0: monster <laughs>
2: you're like a terrible little man yeah. yeah and then there's a scene where it's like the movie where like the trailer's hold... teasing you where like J. Edgar grabs like his holds hand. his
0: hand in the cab the car, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, but I mean seriously. If Army Hammer looked at me that way, oh, I. Would I just, mean, I would probably be the same way. I just, I would. and It would develop. hurt me if he called me a horrible little man. Yeah, dude, I would. I would be devastated. <laughs> I feel like I did something wrong. I'd spend the whole night crying like I did <laughs> last night.
2: So I guess what we're trying to say is, we'll see. Yeah, we'll yeah, see. We don't want to comment on that because the, the movie. Both DiCaprio and Clint Eastwood kind of said like the movie's not really going to address all the rumors about. Hoover's sexuality. Yeah. But the trailer definitely <laughs> is throws. It's definitely in there. it's
0: definitely gonna deal with his it, relationship with this man. Yeah, but it, I, I
2: think it's it could their, be a clandestine like relationship honestly, that has. I
0: feel that they're going to avoid more the uh the cross dressing stuff. That's the stuff they're gonna avoid. Boo.
2: Right. That's so, of another movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> J. Edgar with Rob Schneider.
1: Yes. Oh, dude, that'll be amazing. It'd <laughs> just be J.
0: E. It's crazy. Rob Schneider is J. Edgar Hoover.
2: <laughs> the oh, president yeah. is a dog or something. Just go see it.
0: <laughs> so, I guess that wraps up movie news this week. Um, now we're Moving jumping on, on. to. Uh... If
2: you're still with us.
0: Exactly. After, <laughs> after that, that <I> raid. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's cool. Kody got into... the collar. Sorry, I... I'm working late. But uh, this week, the vapors. Uh, <laughs> in our section of what we've been watching, called now showing, I will start by saying I've seen nothing. I literally Busy have man. not yeah. slept more than like a few hours a night, as I have said before. I think I'm repeating myself at this point. The man sleeps on a couch because he can't. So do it. I, I have not had the chance to see anything. Uh, so I'm gonna turn it over to these guys and let them. Let them talk. Mark.
2: Gabe. You want to go first? Okay. All right, rock and roll. All right, then. I saw Melancholia. Mm. How was that? It was... Oh, I'm so tempted to make a pun about it, <laughs> but uh, no, uh it was... Uh... Okay. For those of you who don't know, it's a Lars von Trier film. It won Best Actress for Kirsten Dunst at Cannes, which is like the gates of hell, have now opened and... No, I'm just kidding. She's fantastic in the movie. It's, it's a real great turn for her in terms of her career and where it's going now. She's almost... She's hitting the big three zero, and she's really oh, moving... Oh, snap. In, really? Yeah. She's moving in a direction where she can be... In her 30s, she can become an actress that's thought out for more complex roles based on this performance. Um, what I thought about, and I won't spoil it for anyone, um, the first half of the film is fantastic and sets up so many fascinating relationships. The second half is incredibly boring. Was to me. Uh. Because A, he reveals the end of the film at the beginning. For those of you who don't know, Melancholia takes a look at a wedding. Um, uh, Kirsten Dunn's wedding in the first half. And she's uh, she's depressed. Uh, she, has, she suffers from depression. Thank you, Kate. Yep. She suffers from depression. And we're just watching this wedding sort of fall apart around her. Because she just has this episode. And the second half is her staying at her sister's house and sinking further into depression because it's a large, large one-trier film. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is this while, sister
1: Charlotte Gainsbourg?
2: Yes, she's very good in it as well. Yeah. And uh, Kiefer Sutherland is fantastic. Oh, no, he I've just shows that. up and does his thing, and he's great. Um, but if we watch her sink further into depression while her sister, played by Charlotte Gainsbourg, becomes deathly afraid of a giant planet that looks to be on a collision course with the Earth. It's called the Rogue Planet. I've read about it now. It apparently was hiding behind the sun, not literally hiding, yeah. <laughs> like it came out. We didn't see, it. and then hey. it seemed to be on a on a course yeah. that wasn't dictated by the like our the way our universe our moves, yeah. and we thought it would just fly by us, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. Oh. And it's okay; it's not really a spoiler because it is literally revealed in the first three minutes of the film, which feature gorgeous slow motion imagery. Um, but what I found just the second part of leading up to the to the really gorgeous and incredible final shot of the film which is inc- I just won't spoil it it's yeah. it's such a memorable beautiful shot it's just so boring to watch like you're just watching <laughs> the time took away and you're watching these people just get a little get more and more unhinged yeah. and stuff like that and what I found fascinating is that uh, Lars von Trier made this film because he was under the impression or he was told that people he suffered from depression yeah. and Kirsten Dunst has suffered from depression yeah. as well and he was told that people who are depressed, they tend to handle high-stress situations better mm-hmm. because they're already expecting something bad to happen. So, I, you know, what's higher stress than the end of the world? Yeah. Uh, the complete destruction of the earth. Yeah. Um, so, he, Kirsten Dunst sort of becomes an anchor for Charlotte Gainsborough, who yeah. seems to have her life more put together. But then she st- becomes devolves into this mess, and Kirsten Dunst is sort of holding her down, but it's still just... This... The pa- the pacing is glacial, uh, dialogue seems mostly improvised, and while it's like really nicely shot, very well acted, the just the pacing alone and the fact that you know what's going to happen, you're just kind of waiting for the time to wind down. It becomes it becomes uh, just grating to watch. Really, you're just waiting for it to end because you want that catharsis.
1: This sounds like a much sadder version of a book and a series of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy.
2: It is. It, I mean, in a way.
1: Kirsten Dunst is the robot who's really paranoid and sad. And apparently, Chalk is everyone else. That's weird. I did it.
0: I, 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 I'm not the biggest. You right? just said this fan. one
2: out. Yeah, <laughs> I, and I'm not,
0: and I'm not the biggest fan of him. I mean, I, it's one of those guys that like, I respect it, I get why people watch it, but not for me. I mean, he just kind of hurts me every time I watch him. Like, um, oh, I, uh, Dance Dash in, the, in dark. the Dark. I think man. Dance in the
2: Dark is amazing. That's a brilliant movie. It's, and Breaking the Waves is also devastating. And other movies he's made are equally devastating, it's except devastating. for The Boss yeah. of It All, which is a comedy that I haven't seen yet. <laughs> a comedy from Lars von Trier. I'm sure that's
0: really well. If he knows anything about comedy, I mean, church sure is full of Nazi
2: sympathizing jokes. <laughs> Great.
0: Well, I want to watch a TV show sitcom starring
2: Lars
1: von Scherer as a therapist. <laughs> That'd be really good, I think. In
2: Treatment. Yes. With, with Lars, Lars von Scherer.
1: That'd be good. So, uh, so Gabe, Gabe,
2: what have you been watching?
1: Um. Well, Um. I started watching the other day. I'm um, um, working with my uh, writing partner, um, Roma Brahim. Um, we were trying to write something like a crime story. And for some reason, we got to watching uh, Gridlocked, starring Tupac and Tim Roth. Oh, yeah. Wow. And you know what? I was I, th- I thought it was going to be crap, but I was actually pretty That's impressed a by a lot of it. It's a mildly decent
0: movie I haven't seen I was, it in like, I, I 15 enjoyed years. Quite, I
1: mean, admittedly, I didn't finish it because I was like, yeah. wow, this is really great. Let's go get Chinese now. Yeah. But what I saw from it, I was actually really impressed
2: by. I mean, Tupac does a great job in it. Yeah, he was. Uh, he had real potential as an actor. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's, it's a shame.
1: Yeah. You know, he, how, he, did, how did you watch it? Oh, I watched it on
2: oh, Netflix
1: right. Instant Watch, not Quickster.
2: And I watched Melancholy at, the, at um, Press and Industry Screens at the New York Film Festival, which I'm covering. Weird.
1: I mean, uh, we stopped watching that because um, also after Chinese food, um, I made an offhanded comment about Bruce Lee, and uh, um, Roma revealed to me that he has never seen Enter the Dragon, so I strapped him to the chair and made him watch Enter the Dragon, and I watched that again. as
2: well, right? No, my DVD for that.
1: Oh, not to an Instant Watch.
2: They... Uh, I think it, it, was, at it point, was at one yeah. point. At one point,
1: no, I used my special edition three disc DVD because gotcha. you know I'm a you know just a Bruce Lee worshiper, yeah. having my father beat that into me. Not not literally, <laughs> um, and that's from an early age, it's just one of those hero worship things you never let go. Gotcha.
2: Oh, uh, real quick, I have one more thing, Absolutely. and I won't get long winded about it. I've been watching spectacular Spider Man on on Netflix. It's a kid show. Oh, oh the yeah, yeah. Show. is it's fantastic. Really? Fantastic.
0: Unfortunately, it's over. Oh yes. yeah, but yeah. Uh, actually, that guy um, now directs. Uh, which I there's a new episode I still haven't got to watch, but he directs Young Justice. Oh yeah, on Cartoon Network. Cool. He took he actually it's the same guy who also created Gargoyles.
2: Oh, oh no, way. It's a Disney snap.
0: show. So yeah, I've always heard really good things about Spectacular it's Spider-Man. Fantastic. I it's fantastic. Really it. It's really excellent.
2: It's consistent with its characterization. Yeah, it's, the voice acting is great, mm-hmm. and the the what I was really surprised by is the action is so gorgeously like they, they went after they wanted to keep the fluidity of the Sam Raimi films mm-hmm. okay. they've exceeded it yeah wow it looks so gorgeous and so well choreographed and so a- well animated that I'm yeah. just watching I'm like wow this is you really so if, cool. if you like
0: that um once you get a chance see Young Justice it's a take on like Teen Titans mm-hmm. that is, I didn't
2: like Teen Titans this, oh no
0: this miles it's away. a completely different style miles it, it's away. the same style almost as spectacular Spider-Man okay um it's, it is a great show. And very funny, very witty. Um, a lot of respect and love for the characters. Exactly. The whole um,
1: universe, frankly. Yeah, absolutely. The comic book universe, not, you know, Cosmos.
2: Deep. Let's talk Red State. Anyway, so oh, we're going to yeah.
0: take a quick little break right now. Uh, when we come back, we're going to listen. Or we're going to listen. You're going to listen. We're gonna. You're ta- gonna, listen. You're
2: gonna listen. Uh, you don't have a choice. Understand.
0: <laughs> We're coming back with Kevin Smith's Red State. Don't you spare me?
2: And we're back. We're going to talk to you today about Kevin Smith, Red State, the movie that made quite a buzz at Sundance when Kevin Smith sold it to himself for uh, $20. Bucks. <laughs> um, and now it's out on demand, and it will be after touring the country with the cast and making people pay him 80 bucks to listen to him talk for two hours, which is totally a bargain as far as I'm concerned because I love listening to Kevin Smith talk. Uh, it's being released by Lionsgate, which kind of throws, you know, away all these ideas the, of uh, self-distribution because he still needed Lionsgate to give it that push. Anyway, well, well, in, we in get a minor into self-defense that.
0: Defense with that one, I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, but he actually already made the money back by the yes. time he sold yes, it to Lionsgate. That's true. Wow. So the Lionsgate buy was 100% profit awesome so he more or less did prove i guess to it is it is actually a big deal to mention some of the background on this film um he made this film totally independently four million dollars For four million dollars shot it over about a month Mm -hmm. and he was very infamously at sundance going to auction off the rights and when he was about to start he just sold it to himself pissing everybody off it really 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 was a act of hubris that following oh well she
2: would talk about cop-out
0: yeah after yeah following cop-out which was
2: he had a fallout like a personal fallout yeah after cop-out he talks about this very candidly because kevin smith talks about everything Everything candidly. candidly love it um, cop out got ravaged exactly. his, his, uh, work with Bruce. I mean, you know, yeah. he totally had that bubble burst where he really wanted to work either. with Bruce Willis Yeah, and Bruce Willis just gave him a hell of a time.
0: Exactly. So, you know, he wanted to make a movie on his own terms again and you know, for better for worse. I mean, we'll get into that as the, we go into the discussion of the film, but it's you know, it worked, film. it worked. It's his film. He no made one's his money back. Turn he made and the say profit. Um, absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, actually, Gabe, I'm going to let you kick it off.
1: Okay. Um, so, like I mentioned in previous uh, podcasts here, that I'm a pretty avowed Kevin Smith fan. That if two movies got me into the idea that I can be a filmmaker and I want to be interested in film, it was Evil Dead 2 and Clerks. So, when I was growing up, I was uh, obsessive of Clerks. I watched, like, I watched all the movies, I owned them. I, I have the Clerks and Chasing Amy screenplay book. Of some of the comics, so it was just an obsession for me. So I, I just I, I, will defend this man to his death, even though cop out was kind of crappy. So I walked into Red State, not really sure what to expect. I mean, the buzz had been kind of mixed and kind of negative a little bit, but um, uh, part of actually well, honestly sold it to me was that um, I listened to another podcast called WTF with Mark Maron. Um, uh, he's a great comedian. He was very intensive. Comedian, no relation. Mark? <laughs> no, not 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 Mark Z. I mean, he can't live up like Mark Marin can't live up to Marky Z over here. <laughs> but I got into this podcast um thanks to Cody, and we listened to I listened to it. I'm pretty on the regular, and um this is a guy with really sharp opinions and really just a smart intellectual comedian, and he was really blown away by it. So I was like, well maybe I should I should give this a proper chance, and I was seeing it and I was actually very impressed by it. I mean it might have been a case where of um that I, it's coming from a from known source. And it's different from his previous work that I liked it so much because I wasn't expecting it to be as visual as it was and as concise on the time as it was, and um, like it it bucks a lot of great horrible calm horror trends and it really just kind of superseded a lot of them. I expected, you know, oh, there's gonna be a stupid damsel in distress, there's gonna be some stupid slasher shit, but no, it was better than that. He like it's you can tell that Kevin Smith at least I think he's finally coming into a smarter understanding of movies than has he's had before that i think he started getting into understanding action and cop films of cop out even though i think he tried to infuse that of too much of his humor which is why i kind of fell on its face it just didn't work out but here he just i think he dropped the kevin Smith persona and the kevin smith trademark style kind of like when woody allen made match point it's that it was great it was a great movie as it was but it was only it became truly great because woody allen did it exiting his comfort zone and I think like he directs himself better than he has at all before. I think he just did a he did a great job for for a Kevin Smith, and did a, a pretty great job for a movie as it is. Mark,
2: there are couldn't. so many things that I disagree with. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna try to tackle them. But I'm
0: gonna jump in real quick because we we, we did screw up. Red State. Red State is about. Oh, a Westboro. Right. Oh my god. Good a, call. Thank you, Cody. A Westboro type church. Um Westboro, people don't know the, the infamous Fred Phelps God Hates Fags church.
2: God hates dead soldiers.
0: All that god real hates charming poor stuff. Poor people who have, you know,
1: who get AIDS from blood transfusions. Yeah. Uh he A real monster.
0: Basically, it's it's kind of a a semi satirical look on that uh type of cult slash church. And it's about these. Basically, begins with these three teenage boys who use like a uh,
2: undeniably southern yeah Um,
0: using like a Craigslist casual encounters type application to um, more or less all three of them have sex with the same woman. And if I found
2: Melissa Leo on like a Craigslist type application, (laughs) I would be like, "That's Melissa Leo. That's that's really weird that she'd be on there." But I'm sorry, she's played uh, by Melissa Leo.
0: Yeah, the. And so the uh, the three boys go to meet with her, and they she's drugged, yeah. or,
2: they're or they're not drugged. she's drugged they're she they're drugs. drugs them. Yes,
0: and they find themselves woken up in a uh, a service
2: in where the in the church, and they basically
0: compound. becomes hostages within this compound. And after a uh, a, a tip from a uh, from an accident that happened earlier, the uh, basically shots are fired. Everything just becomes unhinged and it turns into an all-out. Uh, oh,
2: agent. John! Let's not. John Goodman, ATF agent, shows up on the scene heavily armed, and uh, they accidentally, in a clear nod to yeah. *Night of the Living Dead*, I'll open fire on one of the boys when he makes yeah. way out of the out of the church.
1: The spoilery man. Uh, that wasn't of, a spoiler a because these we really don't happen.
2: know whether he dies or not yet. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is like a I really? There were a lot of surprises in this. I didn't even know John Goodman was in this. I yeah.
2: apologize. That could be con- <laughs> con- constitute. Con- God, that could con- constitute. That could constitute. Jesus, constitute. what is going on?
0: We're so flustered. So anyway, um, yeah. So ultimately, it turns into this raging bloodbath, um, led by. As you a, do. Yeah. So uh, I'm uh, Mark. You you go uh, ahead. Actually, you take this
2: one. Okay. Um, Cody, the face you made at me when I. Made that spoiler. Made me feel really bad. <laughs> uh, it's okay, man.
1: We can dis- add some bleeps,
2: maybe. <laughs> okay. Lots of bleeps. Um, but what's the place of John-Claude Van Dyke I votes? disagree with so much what you said. Okay, I'd okay. like to hear it. Okay, I'm going to try to tackle things one by one. First of all, I just want to say that I have an immense amount of respect for Kevin Smith. And this is not a prelude to me tearing into Red State. But I just think he's created a way to market himself beautifully. And I think he can be looked on as an example of how to build a fan base and how to keep it. Um, but one thing that you, sh- I don't know if you know, but the the action sequences in um, Cop Out were directed by David R. Ellis. who did yep. oh, really? Destination 2. Because yeah. Kevin Smith didn't trust himself to do the action yeah. sequences. Okay. So I think that Red State is still very much, he is stepping away from his comfort zone, but I wouldn't agree that it's-, it's like Woody Allen making Match Point, because Match Point is still very much a Woody Allen movie. He may have done it, you know, he may have crossed seas to do it, crossed an ocean to do it, but it's still the Woody Allen film. Like, there's, so much about it reeks of Woody Allen's particular smell, which some people like and some people hate. Um, it smells dewy. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks.
1: Smells we, like jazz. You
2: went there. Um, so Red State, I feel, is a departure for Kevin Smith, only it's a departure in theme and subject matter. The screenplay, which I have the biggest problem with, is still so Kevin Smith, and a lot of that has to do with the lines that he gives to Michael Parks. Who has the most outstanding performance? In oh, the film. absolutely! Mm-hmm. As the leader of this of this church, I forget what his name is. Uh Aben Cooper. Aben Cooper, Abin yes, Cooper. thank you, Aben Cooper. And the key to Red State, I feel like, and something that really brings the movie to a standstill, is the fifteen-minute oh sermon that he gives Aben Cooper, and it's just astounding to me because it feels like Kevin Smith has always had a really interesting relationship with his upbringing. He was brought up in Jersey as is he Catholic? Catholic. Yeah, Catholic. hard yeah. Catholic. He's he is, you know, he comes from a pretty relatively observant family and his reasoning like he he was, you know, he he adapted the slacker persona and he had his he had his youth and then he became a father, but he never gave up that sort of uh, you know, that has part to do part of it has to do with his image. But he never gave up that sort of idea of like being a slacker, smoking lots of weed, jerking off all the time. I mean, he 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 stands by it proudly. Now, what was what's interesting to me is that in a movie like Dogma or a lot of his films feature these moments where you can feel that he sneaks into his screenplay some questions that he has about religion, his own understanding of it. Dogma is where it's most clear, but every film will feature like a line or two, I feel like, almost but Red State is his first real outing where he's... Red State It has very little to do with the Westboro Church. The Westboro Church is just a stand-in for him to explore the rights and wrongs of, you know, mm-hmm. believing and believing to, to such a degree that you're willing to kill or die for it because you know that you're right. What doesn't work about the film is that there's so many disparate elements, and I love saying this, I say this way too often, <laughs> that never never meet. Like you have so many moments in the film and so many questions it raises and then the third act feels literally like something that was in a first draft script and he never bothered to really rewrite. There's a lot of character, like there's a lot of things that are left dangling, there's a lot of things that are left unresolved and the actual resolution of the film is is I guess clever to some degree and extremely unusual mm-hmm. but it also feels like I don't really understand at the end of the film what he was trying to say. I sat down after I watched Red State and I thought about what are you saying here? Like, what are you really, what is this movie about? Like, I, I understand that it's, it's fascinating to see the situation between the ATF and the, and the church members blow up, but this movie is trying to be a sermon on a sermon of religion gone wrong. It's trying to be uh, a critique of, uh, what was that incident called? Where the ATF?
0: Uh, Waco, Texas. Waco.
2: It's trying to be a critique of Waco. It's trying to be a critique of Faceless bureaucrats giving orders to kill, and it's actually really damning about that. Mm -hmm. And then it's trying to be a critique of God, I guess. I'm 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 a lost as to what the message is. I
0: for me, I thought that one was really clear. Um, I guess so. It's it's Cody. So I'm gonna take my two cents on it. I uh, I too am an avowed like Kevin Smith follower, though, um, and a Jersey Girl fan. I will stand oh, I, I will stand behind Jersey Girl. I've uh, Jersey Girl apologist in a lot of ways. But um I was not a fan of Zach and Mary. Oh, oh god. my god. That Thank was you for reminding sad. me. It's I was, been a downhill
2: road. I was not a fan
0: a
1: failure, I felt.
0: I know, it no, wasn't it a failure. It's just funny. well the best thing he said was is I used to make movies about like these fat geeks who, you know, do above their station and those movies happen all the time now. Those movies aren't interesting anymore. Nothing's new about that. Yeah. And he he did. He admitted to forcing it. And then he did Cop Out, which I actually, I I love the man enough that I just could never watch it. But I listen to his podcasts every week. I, um, you know, I still put on Dogma every once in a while. Like, I, he, you know, when I was 14 years old and discovering his first three films, you mm-hmm. know, I was into comic books. I was a geek. I thought... All you that can stuff. relate.
2: Yeah, well, no. yeah, and
0: I thought that, you know, I'm a fat guy who likes movies and talking about chicks. Like, I you know, I never really thought, but I, I thought that maybe that wasn't appropriate, wasn't right, because no one else was doing that around me. You know, I was from a really small, you know, Midwestern town. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I saw that, I suddenly realized, oh, wait, that is fine to be that way. Like, you can just own up, have a personality in that. <laughs> Fuck, yes. 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 So you know, I mean, I definitely I, there's mild hero worship. Not, but I at the same time I don't always agree with his choices. I you know I'm not always a fan of his writing. I'm really I like a lot of his like his Daredevil work. His Green Arrow work was amazing. I don't like his Batman stuff. Um, but yeah, now we've thoroughly shown how much I think of what I think Kevin Smith. Uh, Red State. I. I actually avoided everything about this movie. Same. Um, Like, actively. And I don't even think I saw a full trailer. I think I started it once and just decided to stop. And I, too, yeah, obviously had heard Mark Maron's uh, podcast where he talked about it. And I was impressed. I think I would have been impressed if a no-name had directed it for me. Now, first off, as far as, like... I'm the actor guy here, like, John, I just, I miss John Goodman. Just seeing John, John Goodman. Goodman was, like, seeing that uncle, that really cool uncle, when you were, like, 13, but you just haven't seen him in a really long time. And then he came back, and, because one of my favorite movies when I was a kid was The Babe. Uh, and to see him, like, come oh. back, it was just this really, like, it just felt very comfortable. Um, And also, Stephen Root, um... The, the three boys actually it's it's funny it's Kevin Smith it, it's actually you know it's funny he's never written for teenagers before oh yeah that's the first time he's ever written for teenagers who are his core audience it's the first time he's ever written his core audience I mean those three kids would watch Kevin Smith movies yeah um I I like the performances they were natural I think you know they weren't really given that much to do um, I, I definitely could have watched a version of... It's funny. I almost wish, instead of making a Zach and Miri, you know, like, movie, he had made a super bad-type film.
2: Th- oh, that's yeah. what this really
0: illustrates to me. I think he would make a really interesting story about some, like, high school kids. Um, but aside from that, Michael Park's infamous 15-minute sermon. Mm-hmm. I, I, I... You know, it's... It's actor masturbation. We love monologue. And... The way he delivered it, like with the spirit and the the charm, the charm, absolutely the playfulness. when he's dancing. Uh, it was, it was, it was a fully realized. It, it was 15 minutes, but it didn't, it didn't feel like 15 to me. Um, and I absolutely, I don't know. I, I won't say like I'm in love with the film. I have issues. I do. Um, Agreed. I feel it, it's really heavy-handed on certain aspects uh like uh we'll get more into spoilers
2: but with Steven Roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It never really goes but it, never, yeah, it, it never it never goes there, but it just... touches
0: it enough where I don't think it needed I it it felt
2: unnecessary. Yeah. That
0: was really unnecessary. I do not have a problem with the ending. I think the ending I think the ending is crystal clear to me. Um I let's see uh, let's see. Melissa Leo was Good. Yeah, I, I she yeah. She didn't really me. have a lot to work. with. Yeah, she would not have a lot to work with. And uh, the guy who played her husband is Ralph Garman, who is a, a, a he's a, kind of a, a DJ, a radio personality from LA. He also does a podcast with Kevin called Hollywood Babylon. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I I just really like him, and it's funny because he's really great speaker, and he is a mute in the film. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Uh, and that's something if you're Kevin, if you're a Hollywood Babylon fan, then you know Ralph Garman, and so for you, like you know, Garmy strong. Uh, you guys don't get that at all, but so, Oh, um, I, I did. I really enjoyed it. And I I definitely, it was nice to see, uh, 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 Jesus from, uh, from true blood, from true blood and, uh, Marcus blue. I can never say his name. I could spell it and I wouldn't even know how to say it. Uh, he actually played, uh, um, not shaggy, um, Fred, in the Jane Silent Bob. Oh yeah? A uh, fantasy sequence. How but he's also infamous. But he's, also infamous, but he's yeah. also infamous for being on Buffy as he played her uh her love interest in season four. Okay. But
2: this is true geek though <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> but but down I, uh, I don't know. I thought the violence level was appropriate for what he was saying. Uh oh, and Kevin Pollock's in this for like a minute. Uh just it, long
2: enough. Just long yeah. enough. Yeah.
0: I, I I did, I really I respond to this film, it was it was, there's nothing out like that right now, honestly I put Red State and you know, I, I won't say it's ambitious because I know you're going to shoot up in the seat in the minute I say this, <laughs> Red State and Bellflower, as far as like, two films that Hollywood would never make they would never go near and that's that's what really responded to me like there's no popcornness to this you know i he's trying very hard to get it like get the actors a lot of recognition and i i I think it's kind of a fool's errand but at the same time i understand why he wants to and and i in a different universe sure but i don't know i really uh, spoilers i can get more into the issues i had Mm, yeah but I, as far as, like, just a general, like, overall picture, I really did like it a lot. I, I mean, I, I like this, speak in defense of
1: the sermon scene as well. That for me, I felt like it was a, a, such a slow, slow build. And admittedly, I did stop and be like, hmm, this is going on a while. But I felt it was what made it work so well is that the intercutting of the, uh, of the suspense of the scene as well was pretty impressive. The way he, um, he slowly unfolds what the hell is actually happening at the same time. Like um the reveal of the boys and and also on the uh, behind what's the, behind the curtain, I think he, he does it really well and he does a really slow, proper, b- suspenseful build. And I like and as and Michael Parks as as you know as on and on it went. He had enough charm and he I, he felt like a real like he could enrapture these people with just his words. And I, I really bought into exactly what
0: saying. No, I uh, yeah, absolutely,
2: Mark. Uh well attack us Mark I've been thinking about what I said earlier uh while you guys were I was listening to you I was just thinking <laughs> about what I said earlier and I realize I may be a little unclear I mean it's because I'm unclear about how I feel about the film Okay. because um... I, I, I it raised a lot of questions for me I do think that maybe I have been exposed to some of the material that you guys haven't been so yeah. I had a feeling I knew what was coming yeah So when what's behind the curtain is unveiled, both literally and figuratively, you—I mean, I knew what was coming. So for me, the sermon literally stops the movie in its tracks and diffuses any tension that's been raised to basically tell, not show, which I think happened. You know, it is could be easily avoided because I feel like this is a film where uh, Kevin Smith constantly wrestles with the with the idea of. Showing and telling, and most of the time, being Kevin Smith, he chooses to tell. So there's a lot of things being said, but not a lot of things being done. And you know, it almost feels like it could be a shorter film, short as it is. Yeah. But what really elevated Talks about it for me, right yeah. Now. Oh, really? What really uh, elevated it for me was the the third act, and it elevated it for me not because I thought it was particularly brilliant because i still i'm not sure what the message is and maybe cody can clear this up for me but because it was audacious i genuinely didn't expect this third act and i feel like the sooner we jump into spoilers the sooner we could explain to people what's so unique about the way this film ends
0: because it
2: doesn't end how you think yeah, yeah. shall so we just go into it then? Uh, yeah
0: so uh yeah from this point forward we're gonna be doing spoilers for red state so uh if this is where you're getting off uh have a good one come back next week and uh,
2: getting off, yeah. So yeah. uh, that's what you do to the sound of our voices. It's <laughs> very sweetie.
0: But we'll be starting spoilers for uh, Red State starting now. Yeah, everybody does kind of die
1: at the end <laughs> for once.
2: Oh yeah, this segment brutal. being called
1: "Everybody Dies at the End" and all, <laughs> everybody does kind of die at the end. I was that's what shocked me most of all with it. That I'm just like I was just really. I didn't expect nearly everybody to die.
2: Oh, yeah, it's yeah. brutal the way people get no, you, they just get I, taken out and you realize like there's no hope. Uh,
1: people yeah. have good intentions and bad and it's like, I understand what you mean by you're not sure what it's trying to say at all.
0: Man, I'm I'm still kind of mulling with it right now. I'm not really sure exactly either. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna, Go gonna ahead. bury the lead a little bit, I'm gonna push it back a little bit. I'm gonna start with like some issues I had. Okay. okay. Um Steven Root, uh, in the film plays the, sh- the local sheriff and he is in the car. Basically, the boys sideswipe him by accident on their way to go, quote, Get unquote laid. have sex. Yeah. He's
2: not in the police car. And I'm No, he's just in, he's in like, a car. home car.
0: And yeah. it scrapes alongside, and all of a sudden, he pops up, and then some guy's head pops up, too. So, yeah. obviously, they were fucking around. He's gay. Yeah. So he's like, another man. Yeah, the film basically goes on that, like, he's having gay relationships, but he's married. And he's torn up about it. he's him. really torn up about it. It was something that for me personally it didn't really need to happen i mean you know like there's there's a moment when uh after everything goes down and the uh after cuz during the sermon uh one of the boys uh escapes Well, tries to escape right. um played by one of the other boys um the two
1: one of the two main boys are two guys from Sky High michael angarano oh yeah and yeah. Um, and uh and the, I forget the Kyle name. Yeah, Galloner. Kyle Galliner.
2: Who did he play on Sky High? He's he not. He's
1: Sky not High. in Sky High. He's also known more for Veronica Mars or oh, okay, the beaver, okay. yeah. But um, the other kid, um, Billy Billy Ray. He um he plays um Zach, the glowing boy from Sky High. Oh yeah. I was okay. staring at was his face. I'm he like, this guy. Great mullet. Yeah, his mullet his, his 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 um his movements and his uh little actions was like, I know this kid. What have mm-hmm. I seen? Him for- oh, it's Zach. That's great. Sorry, so, go on.
0: No, I. So anyway, this happens, and I just I don't know. I guess. You know, because and then eventually he uh, a deputy gets killed trying to stop what's happening. Well, more or less, report just what's report what's happening. Yeah. And there's this
2: Michael Parks gets on the phone. Yeah, there's like he...
0: basically threatens him that he's been taking In pictures, graphic of them, detail, yeah, yeah, very what very he's detailed. been doing with these guys, and that he'll put it onto the to the newspaper if he you know decides to do anything about it. And there's a scene. His
2: response is so weird. And the, so. and mm-hmm. basically.
0: Steven Root's character sits there and like drinking, he, drinking, and he acts like he's gonna kill himself, and then decides to call the ATF anyway. Yeah, that, yeah. It really, there was me. no, okay, so because it's
2: so, it's so cheesy. Yeah, like needless. he puts a gun to his head, and at that moment, yeah, he spots an ATF. Uh, yeah, right? uh,
1: an ATF. So
2: happened. Notice, notice, yeah, uh, notice. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a second, I really thought it was gonna be like a. I'm going to man up and take this on myself. But no, he doesn't even. He just, he makes a phone call and acts, pussies like, a little, out. Pussies out and acts like a little bitch and dies.
2: Like, it's it's pretty shocking because, like, yeah. His, yeah. You, you get this moment of, like, you get this moment of, like, Stephen Root being emotional and suddenly going to pieces, but then
1: and we just they stole d- cool the back story just forgets about it's it. like, yeah. oh, wait, 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 wait. So Stephen Root's doing, oh wait a minute. We have John Goodman now. Okay.
0: Sorry, Stephen Root. Just yeah, chill he out. Totally, he chill literally out gets.
2: Sh- Shift it to the background until a bullet splatters his head. Exactly. Yeah.
0: And I don't and I'm know. Not,
2: is he criticizing this sort of. It almost seems like he wrote this character, this really stock character. Yeah. To, yeah. to criticize the small town under the surface. Like, I'm gay, but I don't want to admit it to myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, No, I think. I don't know. That, like I said, I have an issue with that. And I would say that is my. Biggest issue.
2: That's not such a big issue. I... All things considered. Yeah, all things yeah. considered. I mean, I really so like the very movie. Very enjoyable. Um,
0: I really like the movie. So, I mean, that's that's pretty obvious. That 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 was just something I would have totally done differently. Um, stuff that I really enjoyed was, you know, the the ATF arguments because what eventually comes down to is they just, it's going to be it's such a clusterfuck that they just decide, you know, the government. just yeah, says, really go in and Kevin just Kevin Smith them is out.
2: really like, damning these guys because yeah. they literally. You see an agent yeah. plant a gun on on this woman who's unarmed, yeah. and try to send her back into the house, so yeah. that because they they get the order to wipe off the map. And that yeah. seems I'm sorry to say I have faith mm-hmm. in our, more faith in our government. That yeah, seems to that me was, a little a little unrealistic to bleakly, me. Bleakly. just it, it where is. you just get the order down the line from some faceless so, guy to yeah. literally plant evidence and wipe out women and children, and yeah. even Waco. Yeah. Which is was which was a huge clusterfuck. Oh god! Yeah. Given the amount of investigation that got poured into understanding what happened in Waco, um, Waco, and the amount of criticism that came down and the disciplining that followed, yeah. I mean, all things considered, oh, it's pretty yeah. silly that in light of that, Kevin Smith wrote, writes. Uh,
1: What's that last scene? Even
0: well, that's true. I guess that last
2: scene is actually easier to swallow than the fact that John Goodman is the only man there besides like his right-hand yeah. guy, and he's who even... are like, oh, maybe what we're doing is morally wrong. Yeah. But
0: yeah, at the same time, the right-hand guy when it came down to oh, it, oh yeah, he pop, did his pop. job. I was like, "Oh damn, you betrayed my feelings." Yeah. <laughs> no, Jesus. Angel. <laughs> oh, Angel. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus why? why?
2: And it just doesn't make sense to me cuz like when when the right-hand guy kills one of the boys <laughs> and the and the, yeah, the, 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 and the woman girl. the
0: girl, yeah. John like, Goodman suddenly contrary. it's almost
2: like John Goodman Suddenly has a change of heart, yeah. despite the fact that he gave the order yeah. and he seems like a career man who's, yeah, exactly. who's yeah, he to, says he's straight aware up. of what happens. Mm-hmm. He's like,
1: Well, I have to pay my I have to pay my mortgage. Yeah, like, really? yeah, yeah. Exactly. So what do you guys think of the horns? How the, did that the, hit you guys? I love it to be I that honest. That was
0: really clever. I was, I was like, really, oh man. I was like I, for a second there I'm like, is Kevin Smith gonna do this? Like yeah, is like, he actually I gonna was be
2: like genuinely shocked. Is this Magnolia? Yeah. This movie just Totally change directions I mean because yeah, I expect to floor, see man. you know a wipeout of this yeah. compound because mm-hmm. as as ar- then, they might be armed to the teeth but you know these guys this is the, this is the ATF they're yeah well-
1: no that was that was really
2: well funded you know armed yeah. soldiers they're soldiers yeah. so then when the horns sound and you see them start celebrating I was just like, shocked because wow. I was like because yeah. I think John Goodman plays that so perfectly yeah. when he realizes oh shit is yeah. if this yeah. is yeah. the rapture. We're wrong. Yeah, yeah we're. And it happens we need an explanation right yeah. now.
0: And anybody who's a fan of uh, *Frailty*, oh, no. It. Uh, if anyone out there who's ever seen the film *Frailty*, like is that Ray Liotta? No no, 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 it's no, no. Um, Bill Paxton. Yeah. Oh, okay, and uh, what's his name? Oh, yeah. I think I'm talking guy about. Guy now. likes to take his shirt off a lot. Oh, Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey <laughs> plays a small part in it, and it it deals with some. Interesting thematic issues. Right. It's neither here nor there, but if you've seen that film and the ending of that film, you really do kind of question what could happen at the end. Um, ultimately, but, they, you know, like it's it's this very clever thing of just these people more or less just went and wanted to fuck with the church. But what's, yeah.
2: yeah, we really, we find yeah. out later there was just a bunch of kids.
0: I think he took a lot of like
2: interesting Mariana cues. Yeah. Who just some to talk interesting the cues
1: from like No Country for Old Men in here, and that he um that it, it's like in the height of the action, he just completely skips it, and even his last, even John Gum's last monologue for me, I thought it was like this sounds kind of like Tommy Lee Jones' monologue from the end of No Country for Old Men a little bit. I, 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 I like, thought it was a really great, yeah. interesting choice. That's their fate Him and Michael Parks are face to face, and it could be like you show him, take him down, but it cuts straight to the investigation.
2: That actually heard that scene for me because really? I felt like. I needed to see that moment because it got so... Because No Country for Old Men, if you remember, it does end on like when the action ramps up, but it also ends with A, the death yeah. of... And sorry, spoilers for No Country for Old Men. Of yeah. Um Llewellyn Moss and the arguable death of his wife. More than likely, so she I'm, is dead. She, I've never seen this movie. Wait, really? Oh, my God. Oh,
1: dude. <laughs> Sorry. No. How did you not? Oh. You should have stopped here nor me. There. That's kind yeah. of... Uh, that's huge. That's, that's part of the really like, like, crux of the movie. Yeah. Like, oh, then man.
2: I won't continue, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I will say that I feel like in No Country for Old Men, it was already on the sort of slowing down a little bit. Yeah. Here, it gets to the most tense moment the film could possibly have. And they just... And they, they just cut.
1: pop out.
2: Ah... ah. Sorry.
1: Yeah, sorry, everybody. Was well, name. he just
0: didn't want to follow all
1: Mike that Mike is film, gonna have to mix that all down. that film, <laughs>
2: all that
0: film dogma. Oh,
2: this guy. I was. Trying oh to wait, I got this. I got this. I got this. Chasing Amy. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, I guess what I don't know. All right, so the ending. The ending of the film is just something that really I, I guess I'm gonna step up in the defense for and try to explain it. Uh, I think it's really crystal clear because of the monologue uh, is the the part of the monologue about the, the two dogs fighting over a piece of a ch- turkey leg turkey, a leg, turkey leg. And that monologue is really illustrating that they're animals that, and, and in a weird way too, if you really want to take it, this is that government and faith at one time, you know, they're, they're bred from the same thing, you know, like, the faith in both, you know, or I should say Christianity or, you know, religious beliefs are both held up by faith. You know, we have faith in our government. We have faith in our, our religion. And those those are basically the dogs represented. And that when you at the but at the end of the day. These things, you know, like, you know, like that represent our animals. And if you just throw something in between it. They'll tear each other apart to get at it because they're just looking for their their piece of the, the turkey, you know, their 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 piece of it. And the reality is, is that also at the end of the day, and it is it is actually very dark for Kevin Smith, especially as I feel, as he's saying, is that. Even though you have faith in these things, you cannot let any of them control. Like you cannot, you know, you have to remember they are animals and they serve you. You know, your faith is supposed to serve us, supposed to make us better. Um, Government serves us to protect us, to make things, you know, to like make our lives easier. Um, And this is a film basically attacking both of those things. Yeah, both institutions saying that at the end of the day, they're they're hungry. They're 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 still animalistic and they they drive people and push people to do these these tremendously awful things and you know I mean there's that shock where he finds out at the end of the film he's being he's being promoted, promoted. right
1: being rewarded
0: um, which by movie. the way I did like that scene that was a really fun Kevin oh, Smithy yeah. snappy dialogue scene uh but um I I really yeah that's what I felt the film was really trying to say to me or say in general In I thought it was really clear by that monologue that the moral message is that not one is better than the other, you know, and certainly, I mean, certainly, I guess you can argue worse or not. But, you know, they both both sides did terrible things, killed innocent people, you know, for to to just serve their purpose, to just get what they want, to get their piece of the turkey. Um, Mark.
2: Okay, uh, I'd like to respond to that. And Gabe, actually, I like. Yeah, I'd like to respond to it. I just think it's time for us to wrap up, but I yeah. want to give Gabe a chance to.
1: Uh,
2: okay. Um, I'll just make yeah. it quick. I I think that's actually. I'm really glad you explained mm-hmm. this to me because I didn't think of it like that, yeah. and you actually set me on a track here, where I do think that's the correct explanation. Yeah. Only I think it's a little odd that. John Goodman gets a promotion. Mm-hmm. And the last final scene of the film is Abe and Cooper continuing to preach in a prison cell. And then one of the, one of the other prisoners goes, shut the fuck up. And it almost feels like Kevin Smith is taking license to say, look, you know, people like you are wrong and you need to be silenced. It seems odd to me that if both sides are wrong, one gets a promotion nope. and the other here's, one gets...
0: Here's the difference, though. It's about the morality, or not the morality, but it's about the uh, the conscience of the man. See, the thing is, John Goodman's going to live with the rest of his life with what he did. He's He, you know, that monologue is all about him realizing what happened, mm. realizing the bullshit and how terrible it is, and he's going to have to live with that kind of pain for the rest of his life. And he's not, you know, he's going to think about it. John Goodman, I, I see that, the pain of what happened, mm. and his... His, he's losing his faith, you know. Like his faith is tested, and yes, he'll go back out in the world, you know. Like his faith in what he thought he knew. A guy like, um, Aben Cooper, Aben Cooper, Michael Park will never question that. He is a zealot. In the classic not there of terms. that uh,
2: John Goodman says that's very at the at the very end of his speech? He says something about people who believe, and people who believe they're right. I don't remember no, exactly. I,
0: I only have vague recollection of that, yeah. but. Really what it is is it's you know, it's like <sighs> he he's go, he's paying for his sins. He's paying for his sins by living. Mm. You know, because he's a good man. They they show that in the end. John, he was a good, that's good man. That's his name. Exactly. That he's a good person. And that what happened will be on will way on. It
2: him. will haunt him.
0: Um someone like Someone Even like cooper, cooper it never doesn't will. bear those sins so because he, he feels like he did something right exactly so he has to be locked in a way where no one can hear him speak and shut the fuck up is because he, he, no one wants to hear him there that's where he shouldn't be heard and and also and the truth is they're both silenced why do you think he got that promotion so he doesn't so he shuts the fuck up so he can take care of his mortgage so he can pay his bills and he knows, but he's gonna have to live with that. Michael Park, shut the fuck up. The only way you can do that is by locking him in a room where no one can hear him or see him. Okay.
2: That. Thank you, Cody. That. Uh, <laughs> that. that I really. It doesn't necessarily improve my opinion of the film. I mean, it does to a degree. I still have have some s- structural problems with it. Yeah. But I, mean, I definitely think that explanation really. Clears up some thematic themes that, I, that yeah. I guess Kevin Smith was trying to put forward. Oh, didn't and uh, and definitely... I don't know
0: for sure. I maybe maybe I'm totally realistic. No, it's I, mean, but it's a, it's a I, I like your interpretation. One was a dick and one was a vagina, <laughs> fucking <laughs> each other. Yeah, I liked that. I like the <laughs>
2: interpretation. I think that uh, I may give the film another shot just so I could sort of try to view it through that lens. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I
0: actually, for me, I really want to watch it again. I'm I too. I'm mildly would we have it? Did our we, Zune download? Does it stay after the first initial download? Yes, we we ran it at VOD. Ah, uh, yeah, I guess that should be. We should say we did ours video on demand, um, through the Zune app on uh, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty, which likewise. Yeah, oh, and weird. which ran you about what eight bucks? Yeah, reasonable. Like seven seven reasonable. or eight bucks. I mean, that's that's worth it, people. I gotta say, I mean,
2: it was in HD, right?
0: Yeah. Uh no the HD one runs like ten dollars okay well, the the non HD one runs I like I said six or seven still good so yeah I mean people I mean for me personally if you have even mild interest in it Xbox seven bucks there's there's good worse way to fucking waste seven dollars can, okay. can I
1: can I interject, if we have time one last yeah, thing please. about for the movie so for please. me then okay. for me that the only thing that that did bother me and tickle me a little bit with yeah. the moral message is is the daughter character. Yeah. And that she tries to do good and she ends up killing and then she tries to help the guy and he just uh, like pretty much threatens to rape her. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's for me, like she gave me a really mixed message for it more than anything else. It was her character that the one repents
0: and she, and they try to do better and then she pays. But I didn't
2: t- buy her repentance at all. Like I felt yeah, like. Yeah, she
0: still was just like the Zionist government. And also That's the truth true. is sometimes saying you're sorry isn't enough.
2: You know, I mean, that, those. I don't blame that guy. She yeah. has a gun yeah, of him and She killed two of his best friends, and she's saying now you have to help me.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah no, I mean, maybe it's just because she was hot. I don't know. I'm yeah, sorry. I think I think you're a little muddled because she, she was very easy, very on the attractive. Eyes. Yeah, she was and that's
2: very part pretty. of. Uh, I guess the bait and switch. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. I mean, if it was a, I guess Kevin Smith needed that. Yeah. She has such a sunny disposition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that and you well, wanted to go along with what exactly, but I guess. She had a really difficult role and I'm not sure she pulled it off all the way because yeah, it felt I like agreed. she came down too hard in the side of like suddenly I had this change of heart. Well, yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, feel. she's
0: mainly a TV actress. Um she was in the 10th season of, or 8th season of Scrubs as one of the replacement doctors. Oh, um, okay,
2: the ill-fated season.
0: But I don't know. I last thoughts. I, yeah, my final thought I'd watch it
2: Go yeah, see it. Likewise, I mean, I wouldn't even if I hated the movie, I'd still recommend it because it it raises really really interesting discussion. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. Kevin Smith set out to do that. He succeeded very well. Yeah.
1: yeah, I'd recommend it to someone I think who would who wants to see something different out of a horror film, especially. But yeah. you guys call yeah, it Yeah, it it's not, not
2: a horror film. It's a it's a horror thriller film. it's a satirical thriller. Yeah, it has very ways. little actual like thrill. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend That's it to true.
1: everybody, but there are definitely like, for anybody who I have any remotely similar tastes on, I tell them to definitely check it out.
2: Definitely me too. So, so you're Brian House, Passion of the Christ. Oh, <laughs> cool, I like that. Nice. Anyway, Mark. It's not. But Mark, let's wrap up. Where yes. can we
0: find you in the universe?
2: Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mark ZHUR. Um, you can find me on Facebook. Same uh, Facebook, Mark Zhurovsky at ZHUR A-V-S-K-Y. Um am writing right now for the playlist. I continue to. Uh, we are up on Just Press Play, which I'm also writing for. The podcast is now up on Just Press Play, so you can listen to it there. Um, I'm also covering the New York Film Festival for a British site called Obsessed with Film, so you can check me out there. And that's just the start of it, really. Um, You can email me at cinefile that's C-I-N-E-F-I-L-E-8-8 at gmail.com. If you want to see any more of my work or if you'd like to ask me any questions, I'll be happy to respond to your emails. Gabriel? Gabriel. Um, if you want to see
1: me or ask me any questions, um, you can just come to Insomnia Cookies in the West Village in New York City. Um, come by, ask for a free cookie, be like, hey, um, your opinion is shit, but free cookie. <laughs> I'll be like, great, at least They're you're really, listening. They're really, really good cookies. They are good cookies, though. Or, you know, one of the bars in the village area would be fine. I'm on the Facebook as Gabriel Mara. Um, so Gabriel Balswick Mara. Um, there's a very good reason for that if you're actually listening to us and watch the Looney Tunes show. you got me. Um... Also, I'm on the Twitter at Happy B Day
2: Grandma. Yeah, you freak me out. <laughs> Seriously, and I have a
1: very good reason for that, and I'm like, I mean, that's the story for another day. Really... Is it
2: legal to tell an air?
1: Yeah, it's just a reference. Okay. And yeah, that's really about it. I mean, I'll be, um, I'm out and about all the time. Facebook, internets, and my comic book will be finished soon.
0: Okay. Uh, finally, you can find me on Twitter at Cody underscore Robinson. R O B I S O N uh also on facebook as well uh same name cody badabuena Buena, yet again uh well Looney tunes reference uh you can uh you always email me at cody robinson one word at hotmail.com cody cody in case you're curious
2: and robinson's without the n
0: yeah no n no not robinson robinson yeah thank you and uh you can always come see me wednesday thursday friday saturday and sunday at 80 Greenwich Street for the play that I'm in, the love letter that... The love letter you've been meaning to write in New York. It's a hell of a show. It really is. So, uh, yeah, and hopefully soon I'll be able to tell you some other exciting news going on that I'm working on right now with a local bands. So, yeah, um... Guys. As a, as a quick
2: P.S., yeah. this episode is produced by Mike Black. He's sitting right there. Our good I'm sir lost Mike in Black. his eyes right now. <laughs> We're watching
0: that
1: Justice League trailer Sickness is over. Yeah. yeah that, <laughs> was,
2: <laughs> that was really uh, distracting. Yeah. Mike. Uh, and he's produced our last three episodes as well. Absolutely. And we intend to stick with him. He's Absolutely. excellent. So um, hopefully in time we'll hear some music from Mike. He's uh, right. an artist as well as a producer and engineer. So that's it. I just yeah. want to give him a shout out.
0: All right, everybody. So... Oh, let's call it a day, I need a nap. I want food, and a smoke.
2: I'm hungry as well. Cool. Well, guys, it's nail time, Cop!